It happened on a summer day, just an ordinary, beautiful summer day. I was walking along with my children on the main street of Nantucket while we were visiting my parents and bustling, a wonderful summer energy were people all around and I had kids on the left and kids on the right. I think we were on our way to get some ice cream. When we walked past an open storefront, the doors flung wide and standing in the doorway was a man. And he said to me, as I walked past, there's something I could do for you. He beckoned me in and it was as if I'd fallen under some kind of a spell. He was so irresistible. I walked into the room with the children pulling me back towards the ice cream and the room itself was as white as a room could be and with just hints of pastel colors it was clean and crisp and the chair he sat me in was the most luxurious chair I'd ever sat in in my life. And he began to rub this cream around my eyes and over and over on one side of my forehead. And all the while he spoke to me as if in an incredible act of seduction. He himself, he was so sexy and his voice, his accent just flowing out of him word after word promises about how this cream was going to make me younger. Welcome to the only podcast that will bring you more alive while you smash the patriarchy. Join me, Sam Wilde, aka The Fertile Feminist, every week as we shift the paradigm, reclaim our native fertility, and create together the version of ourselves that brings forth our heart's desires and changes the world. There's something you should probably know about me at this point in the story, which is that I don't use a lot of products. I'm known for using one moisturizer, sometimes rarely put on makeup, don't have a skin regime, don't use a cleanser. You know, pretty bohemian in my face care regime and just drink some water, do some good exercise. That's about all I've ever done. So while I'm sitting there in this totally fancy place, my children were like, mom, you've lost your mind. But I actually had fallen under the spell. I came out of it for just a brief moment when, when he promised me that, that the cream would, would make me more beautiful and younger. And I said to him, do you have any of this for my ovaries? Well, I don't know if he got the joke, but my children were totally appalled that I would have said something like that. And the reason I said that is because I just lost a baby to trisomy 18 halfway through a pregnancy. And even though it is the most common of the rare forms of chromosomal abnormalities, and even though you can have a baby or a pregnancy, go through a pregnancy with a baby who has that and be in your 30s and even in your 20s, still, in my case, it could have been attributed to the fact that my eggs were old. And that means I hope that you can forgive me given my situation of grief and crisis that I bought that cream. I bought that cream and it was so expensive. I bought that cream and I couldn't afford that cream, except for when he showed me myself in the mirror, the right eye where he just spread it over and around. It did look different than the left eye. The right eye looked younger. And I walked out of the store towards the ice cream with my children with this terrible pit in my stomach because I knew I'd made a mistake. Not just any mistake, I'd made a mistake that my kids had witnessed. And it wasn't just a mistake of expenditures. 
It was a mistake of intention. You know, going through that process of my pregnancy and my loss, I was surrounded by a kind of language. The language of infertility, the language of uh, age, and heaps of it, one heap upon the other. Having been sunk so deep inside of that world of age and fertility and loss, it's no surprise that my desire for moisturizer would come out to the tune of multiple hundreds of dollars. This is an experience that women have. This is an experience that we have in a patriarchy. This is an experience that I don't think a lot of men share, even though aging can be hard on all of us. It's the cult of youth, of course, but it's also the deep misconception about the true meaning of fertility. Now, what happened to me was like highway robbery. It was a lie, a lie of the greatest kind. It was a smokescreen, and it's the smokescreen of patriarchy. That moisturizer never would have worked, and, and it didn't even work in the moment. I don't know, maybe it was this guy's incredible charisma that had me believing one eye looked different than the other. You know, I remember back to the time when I was a kid, and that was before cell phones and before YouTube and before podcasts, and I loved talk shows. It was the age of talk shows, and I would watch all of these talk shows with my friends. And then we would go to the grocery store, and we would get magazines, and they still have them. I was looking at these same magazines the other day in the grocery store, and in all of these magazines meant for women are these incredible headlines, you know, lose 50 pounds or reverse the signs of aging or get rid of forehead wrinkles. And all of that, all of that, every little bit of that is about changing yourself for the world. And I'm not doing that anymore. The world must change for me. You know, not long after that day where I purchased that moisturizer, I began to unpack and untangle that incredible knot of grief that I had lived and dwelled in for so long. With this central question that came up for me on my journey, was I fertile? Well, that was a practical question in my case, not just a metaphoric or metaphysical question as it is when I'm talking to you about it. My endocrinologist did not think I was so fertile and recommended that we head on over to the adoption aisle. Well, we were passionately interested in adoption, always had been. In fact, we'd started it uh, a long time before we'd even had that pregnancy. But even in adoption, our adoption counselor was throwing one roadblock after another in front of us, in addition to the incredible expenses that were coming our way. And it landed me in this place of hopelessness. Now, that is the land of infertility, and its effect is on every part of us, our mind, our heart, our body, and our spirit. This place, this place of grief and total infertility is a place of desperation. And a person in that position would do just about anything. And they would purchase just about anything. In fact, that kind of person is so vulnerable, which is why people in the infertility business can make so much money because someone who feels that hopeless will give anything and do anything and go into debt simply to have a shot at hope. 
it was a setup in a way. It was a setup. You say, you don't have any good eggs. You don't have any, you don't have any of those uh, fresh fertile eggs that you need for life. Well, what is an egg? I mean, egg is so symbolic, isn't it? Of life itself and of potential. It's no wonder a person in that situation would feel hopeless, let alone all the other things that were going on in my life. And, and someday I will share all the details of those in a truly confessional podcast. In the meantime, you can hear some of them from my most recent podcast about the best life. You know, while I was untangling this terrible knot of infertility, I came upon something. And what it was was an idea. A single idea. A single idea that led to a fundamental change in my life, a healing of my heart, brought a child into the world. A single idea did all of those things. So what is fertility? Fertility is not a quality of our bodily organs, but it's something completely different. Now, a woman in our culture is a body. Occasionally, she's a couple other things, but most of all in our culture, she's a body. She's something that's seen, as touched, dissected, pulled apart, dismembered, looked at, lusted after. And the work I've been doing in creating Do Yoga Like a Feminist, my new workshop, first one is happening this Sunday. In that experience of developing an understanding of feminism through yoga, I have to ask myself the question, what does it mean to be embodied? Of course, that's a yoga question, right? Oh, what does it mean to be embodied? That's what all the yoga teachers say. Well, we actually need to say, what does it mean to be embodied in a patriarchy? What does it mean to be embodied in a patriarchal culture? You know, yoga invites us to come inside of the body. Uh, But it's like being invited inside of that store. It sells us something, doesn't it? The modern yoga culture, it sells us something, just like that moisturizer was for sale. And ultimately, a lot of the yoga we do lands us in a place where we're still doing the same thing. We're trying to change ourselves for the sake of the world. Instead of standing on the ground where we say, the world will change, must change, and I'm going to be part of making that change so that there is a space for me to stand in my truth. The end of that story about the moisturizer came to my mind the other day because I found the receipt. I hadn't seen it. I was going through really ancient receipts in my wallet. And I didn't know the name of the store. It was one of those pop-up stores that came and went. It's not been on the island since. But on the receipt, it said, Eternal Beauty. Well, I never ended up with that moisturizer because by the time I bought all of my kids their ice cream, the feeling inside of me was so bad, I had to go and return that moisturizer. First off, I just was crushed by the thought of how much money it cost. And so I went back to the store And I brought it back and I said, I just can't have this. I can't afford it. I don't need it. My children waited outside, but at least they were witnesses to the restoration of my sanity. At least they got to see 
But I had to walk home and ask myself, who am I? Who is this dried up person? Who is this empty, barren person? You know, the, the language of the sort of aging is like, oh, wrinkled, dried up hag. Who is this person who needs to moisturize? Because she doesn't have enough uh, natural lotion. She doesn't have enough natural buoyancy in her skin. She isn't uh, enough fluid in her body. It's all been set dry. I had to ask myself, is that who I am? Oh, all too women, all too often, women are in fact defined by their skincare regime and by their skin. When I was a child, I loved witches. I had books about witches. My mother had books about witches that I would borrow and I would look at them and I would read about them. And I always knew that I was a witch and I always believed in some kind of magic. But it wasn't for me the way that you can see it in some pagan communities and Wiccan communities. It, it didn't come across that way for me. It was more like just a sense and knowing of the way the world works and of the power that women have. Now, in that unraveling, to get myself up out of that infertile hole, some magic had to happen and did happen. And the magic was coming across a single solitary idea. Just like I said, one idea that changed everything. That idea, of course, was the true nature of fertility. Now I dwell at the intersection of identities that rarely meet one another, to be both somebody who is truly fertile, who's had a lot of children, who's a feminist, who's served as a minister, who's been a yoga teacher, who's always been in love with witches, who resides in that place and that belief in magic. All of those things are coalescing, coming together inside of me in that moment in which, ah, something opened up for me. The idea is that fertility is native, original, inborn, continuous. It can't be taken away from you and it can't be given to you. It can only be awakened inside of us. And it doesn't have anything to do with age. It doesn't have anything to do with ovaries. Although knowing about true fertility and waking it up inside of ourselves can bring us to a place where we feel healthy and strong in our bodies and productive in our bodies as well as productive in our minds and in our hearts. The fact that all of those different pieces of my whole identity from the time I was a child, when, when what was so awake inside of me was the archetype of the mother. Oh, you can talk to my own mother about it. Look at pictures of me as a little girl with my six Cabbage Patch kids all lined up beside me. You know, the dream of my heart was so strong. It was like rolling out a red carpet. It was like following that yellow brick road. What I wanted was to be a mother. And to have that thwarted and to have that loss coupled with, as I've talked about in other episodes, the crushing devastation of my divorce and having my children uh, with their other parent for certain periods of time, not with me and that loneliness that emerged for me and the longing for them and the sense of removal of my identity as mother, because up until that point, I had been full time at home all the time, mother with a spouse working sometimes 90 hours a week. I think we can only reach these places of revelation, sometimes at least, when we are at the bottom of destruction. 
when we really are that person who would go in and say, give me the moisturizer as if it could change my life. That person watching all of those talk shows and buying all of those magazines, there is that desire seated inside of them. Give me that solution that will change my life. Give me that moisturizer. Give me that diet. Give me that plan that will bring me alive. Give me that medicine. Give me that eating plan that will get me pregnant. Give me that roadmap. Give me that coaching that will bring me prosperity. How deep and strong are those kinds of longings? And when they are thwarted, when, when it seems like the whole world conspires against us so that we cannot get there, then in that moment, there can be the crack that separates the parts of the world. Really, the before and after become so real. And I stepped from the world of the patriarchy into a whole different universe where fertility comes like a waterfall, continuous. And my child came through gracious generosity, incredible conception, love, new ideas, and revelation. And next time, I'll tell you that story. Thanks for listening in. This is me, Sam Wild, aka The Fertile Feminist, and you've been listening to The Fertile Feminist Podcast. Find me on YouTube at The Samantha Wild, aka The Fertile Feminist, and hit the website, thesamanthawild.com, for all kinds of resources, inspirations, and ideas. Also on Instagram, at The Fertile Feminist. Until next week, may you tap into that native abundance, creativity, fruitfulness, and life force that's going to help us all bring about that more beautiful world that we know is possible.